Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Super Bowl Sunday, February 2014. We were on our way home. Husso had had a heart attack on Friday, had a stent put in. He preached on Sunday, and we were on our way home after watching the Super Bowl. Don't ask me who won. I, I was too busy running around H-E-B and Walmart. And um, we were in a head-on collision with a drunk driver. Now, I was driving, so we hit driver to driver. My vehicle was split three times. And when you look at the pictures, we're still amazed that we even survived this wreck. I spent three days in ICU. Who's still, they just kind of looked at him and said, you're bruised, be careful. And um, then I spent a little over two months in a rehab um, with a femur that was broken three places waiting on it to heal. It then a year later, I was diagnosed with, at one point, stage two aggressive breast cancer. Um, three months later, Husso had a triple bypass. I was on chemo. He was on oxygen or trying to keep him away from Mexican food restaurants because, you know, er after every heart attack and heart surgery, you got to go have enchiladas. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so, after, um, so after that, I, I, I went for the radical mastectomy, double mastectomy, for the fact that if my, knowing me, if I had it one time and no one in my family had breast cancer, so it was just totally odd. We survived all of that, and then um, took me probably about two years before I could actually walk without a limp. And in just in the last six months, I've actually been wearing heels. So you know, if you're a woman, you know that's an impressive feat. <laughs> I, I may be past my 60s, rolling on to 70s, but I still want my heels. And that was, um, that's kind of, that was it. Uh, you know, what I can tell you is through all of this time, there was a point that um, people would say, you're a Christian, why are you going through this? And I go, I'm a Christian, why not go through all of this? Who is the best person for God to use as an example of his greatness and his love than a Christian? Because it's not, you know, here I am, Lord, use me, is not just a word. It's, it's actually a fact of life. And apparently I was really good at that. <laughs> so a little funny thing is this morning I was listening to the radio and I accidentally, there's too many buttons on these cars anymore. You know, and I never know which one, you know, I find them all the time. And I've been r driving this thing for like six months now. But it switched off of what I was listening to. And it went to an old Etta James song. I know 98% of you have no idea who she is. But she had a song that says, At Last. And at the very last sentence of that is it's gone, You are mine at last. And I was like, Okay, God, you've just kind of got a sense of humor of a song from the 40s to just be sitting there saying, 
I am yours at last. So whose have I been all this other years? <laughs> so I want to share a word with you called God spoke. And we, you know, you've read all the scriptures, God spoke, God said, God did, God created, God, God, God. And, and in the process of all of this, until you've actually gone through some kind of situation, it doesn't become personal to you. Cynthia had no idea what it was like going into Mexico until, and people, you know, you see people digging through the trash. Y you can see it from any country. But until you actually see it, it does not become a reality. It's just a picture. For you guys, a hurricane. You've heard about hurricanes. A lot of you have been through them. But until we went through Harvey, it wasn't a reality of that destruction. It was just pictures. Well, God was dealing with me the other day about speaking. You know, we are to speak to our situation. You're to speak to your mountain. You're to speak, you speak love to your family, your children. You say thank you. You speak. If you just thought of it in your mind, nobody's going to know you're thankful. They're not going to know that you love them. Well, in the process of all of this, I was thinking about God spoke. And in Genesis 1.26, it says, and I think somewhere I have notes. Helps if I turn them on. <laughs> the second thing is, can you hear my heartbeat? Because, <laughs> you know, in the cartoons, usually when it's a love thing, the heart is going bam, bam, bam. Well, that's kind of what mine's doing right now. I'm going I'm to change this a minute. John 14, 24 says, is God's word. It says, those who do not love me do not obey my teaching. This teaching that you hear is not really mine. It's from my Father who sent me. And now it's Jesus. So we have spent all of this time in church being taught this is what God said. And you can see in reality this is what God has done. And then right after Busto passed away, it was, um, you know, I'm the Martha. I'm the one that likes to get in there, do the work, get your hands dirty. Not the one that's up here in front of everybody. Um, I'm a one-on-one -on -one person, not a one in a group. And so I was sitting there thinking, you know, God, everybody knows Husto's died, and he's the only one that they've really seen in the ministry. So what, you know, what next? I've been called. Um, I knew I'd. You know, I, I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but it's like, what am I supposed to be doing? So I got a bright idea that I would go and visit the churches that he had preached at because there were so many friends. And, you know, the last few years through what I'd gone through, you know, I couldn't travel with him. And God said, no, I didn't call you to follow in his footsteps. I called you to blaze your own trail. And... It's like, okay, so what's my trail supposed to be? What am I going to do? <laughs> so what do you do when you don't know what you're supposed to do? You do social media. <laughs> and that kind of worked. It was, you know, the encourager. You know, I know I'm supposed to be an encourager. There's times that, you know, there's a specific word that goes out to somebody. I may send it in a group, but you know that it's, you know, you know that God is speaking to you, and if he's speaking to you, he's speaking to, you know, a, gr a lot of people. 
And and then it's like, okay, well, after that, it, what are my what are my goals? You know, I, I hear these pastors talking about, well, um, I was able to buy a car or a van or a bus for somebody. My pastor, I can't buy it. I want to do that. And he says, those are things. I don't want you to get involved in things. I want you to get involved in a relationship with me. So thinking about that relationship with him came to God spoke. And, you know, God is, God is the creation of, you know, God is a, um, you want one, two, or three pages of notes over here. <laughs> when he says, Genesis 1.26, it says, we were made in his image. And that kind of gives, you know, so we should know what God looks like. We are supposed to look like him, even though we're all different. Jeremiah 1.5, he says, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and I had ordained. Everybody says you're a minister, but, you know, all you have to do is talk to somebody and you know you're going to minister to them. You don't have to, you know, wear the little collar or the, you know, cloth that goes down to your waist or the black jacket or whatever. He says, uh, he just wants us to share what he's done, what he has done for us and what he has done, um, what we think he's going to do with us. So our modern-day explanation, oh, he says, and then I called you to be a prophet to the nations. So if you live in Bay City, how many different varieties of people are here? Anybody you talk to is going to be a nation. You've got um, Hispanics, South Americans, you've got Indians, you've got Japanese, you've got Chinese. I mean, all you have to do is just talk to someone. Uh, be nice to somebody, uh, you know, compliment them, you know, open that door because that's what God did to us. He just kind of like opened the door and said, here I am, you know, I've been waiting on you. Come see me. And I do a lot of ends, don't I? <laughs> so going back to God spoke. I know I do a lot of conversations in my mind. I also use my hand a lot, if you can tell. Uh, you know, you sit there and think. You, you know, you're praying. You pray in your mind. Some people pray out loud. But God said, if, if we're going through a situation, we don't want to just, you know, think in my mind, mountain, I want you, you need to be moved. God says you need to speak to that mountain. Declare what you want for that incident to happen. Do you want your family saved? How are they going to get saved unless you start changing on the inside to talk to them? I don't have an issue talking to people. I never have. Houston never had an issue talking to people. Um, and if you were ever around him, he usually had a plastic roach or a rat that, you know, he would get your attention with. And please, you know, if you've ever been to a restaurant with him, you know that he used that rat and roach a lot. I'm not a bug person. <laughs> I would just as soon smile at you and say, hey, good morning, how are you? Or are you having a good day? And you can tell by somebody's attitude um, what it's like. You don't know what they're going through, but you know what it's like. He said, don't think about what you expect to happen. Just know what his, you know, just know what he has called you to do. Um, I'm in the mission field right now, 
I'm not able to go into Mexico. The only thing that I've been able to do for everybody is um, I fan finance one church every month. Um, there's one group I'm kind of like, I don't really know what y'all are doing. Um, because nobody's going in there to take their money and food, they're not able to pass out food. But they, they've started um, like gathering their clothes, gathering their toys, and passing it out to the people. You know, they're they're starting to take a step on their own to where they're not depending on us. And that's that's one of the fun, interesting things about you know we want you, I want you that when you start doing something, you finish your job. If, if you were called to be um, children's church, I'm not called to children's church. <laughs> I'm not called to teenagers, women, or adults. <laughs> but if you want to ask me about cooking, oh, hey, honey, we can talk all day long. Um, I was even sharing with Pastor, if you – if you're on my Facebook or you see it, you know, I have stopped doing so many of the food recipes, especially since Corona and we're all having to buy elastic pants. <laughs> but our, so okay, let's get back to what God spoke. <laughs> uh, there's not a person in here that has not had a prophetic word given to them. God has said, and because God has said, you know, it may not be today, may not be next week, it may be 20 years from now. Time means everything to us, but it means nothing to God. If God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh, who knows how long that took. But the creation of it that I absolutely love is that after he made the firmament and after he separated the land from the sea, the first thing he did was fish and birds. Okay, who doesn't like fish? And who doesn't like dove or quail wrapped in bacon? If you don't, we can talk. We can pray about you for you later. The next one was um, plants and animals. You know, everything had to have something to sustain. Going back to God is a God of order. You know, he wasn't going to do animals and fish because there wasn't going to be anything for them to live off of. But then he created man in his image. So thinking about creating things in, him in, in his image, you've got your plants, you've got your land, you've got farmers, you've got your birds and your fish, you've got hunters, fishermen. Then we go back to my favorite, which would be uh, the livestock. Um, yeah, beef, okay. Give me some venom, ven, venom, venison. Thank you so much. Axis is my favorite, but you know, I, I don't have an issue. He created everything that he liked, and then he created you. So if there's, an, if if you're having issues with, you know, where's God in my life? Just look in a mirror. Is it? Don't look at, I've got wrinkles, I've got, uh, my favorite show is Dr. Pepper's Popper, don't, you know, <laughs> don't judge me. You know, you don't, don't think about the outward appearance. Think about what's in your heart because you know what you like, you know what you do, 
you know what you're supposed to do. Um, we were talking this morning about people that go to church. You're not here just to sit in the pews. You've been taught something. Now it's to go out and share it with somebody else. When you started school, you learned reading, writing, and arithmetic, hopefully. Um, we definitely learned arithmetic, and I'm not so sure about the writing part. If I see my children's writing. But it was something that you practiced, and you did it every day for years and years and years. And now we're in church, and we're hearing about the word of God. And it's not supposed to be just hearing. You know, that seed is in there. It's time to water it. It's time for that thing to start planting, it, that plant to start growing. You know, you're no longer in the dark. You know, this, this building has been here and been through a lot over the 20-plus years that Jordan Ministry has been coming. And I know that there's people not coming because of COVID. I know that there's a lot of people that have graduated and are now in heaven um, looking down on you. But what about the rest of the empty chairs? Have you told the, the, the checker at the grocery store, hey, we're having church tomorrow. You know, why don't you come? It didn't have to be a speaker. It didn't have to be just because you're having a fish fry or spaghetti dinner and, you know, it didn't have to be about food. Of course, you know, food doesn't help. That definitely brings people in. But, you know, it's what are you showing the rest of the world? Why are you not standing room only in three and four services a day? Because people are hungry. They're wanting. They're wanting what you've got. But they're not going to they're not gonna want what you've got unless you opt to start sharing it. And that's where we go to God spoke. You know, he spoke into your life when you were born, before you were even born. He called you to, to, to do, to be, to continue, to grow, to enlarge. And now it's your turn. I, I've reminded you what you've been taught. You know, I've reminded you what God's word said. Now it's time to get it out of the dark and move it. You know, you're definitely going to grow where you're planted. But now maybe it's time to start blooming and start sharing those seeds with others. You know, I'm not really sure how to end this while I was sitting in the back. I wrote down two things. One of them is kind of semi-spiritual. The other one's not. Believe what he said. Believe what he has said to you. Believe what he said of you, not what everyone else says. I mean, you know, granted, you can definitely hear what other people say, but to remember the good things that God says in your life, well, that can be a little, you know, shady if it's not, you know, yelling at you. Know that God wants the best for you, you know? I'm not going to go from where we've lived in our office and our building to where I now have a house or where we had to borrow cars to go somewhere to now I actually have a vehicle. And, hey, who would have thought? You know, you're, you're barely making it, but who would have thought the blessings that God gave us regardless of whether we could afford them or not? And the only thing I could come up with is when you see bananas, and they're brown, and they're bruised, and they're something that you want to throw away, 
a discerning person will say, that's a banana bread. The best banana bread comes out of bruised and broken bananas. So it's your choice. Are you bruised and broken bananas or are you banana bread? Soft and delicious. <coughs> Thank y'all. I appreciate you. Y'all have a blessed and wonderful Sunday. I know that Thank you, Laura. You know, uh, missions is dear to Becky and I's heart. When y'all picked us for pastors, we couldn't help but be missions-minded. You know, so a lot of our focus, a lot of our emphasis, a lot of what we do is, is, is focused beyond the four walls of this church. It will be, even more so than we've seen in the past. We, we believe that this year is going to be a, God, a season of God taking our focus from internal to external from using the resources that he's given us out of an abundance and blessing the community. So when, when we look at, you know, I, I know a lot of you, you know, I told Laura, I said, tell them who you are. A lot of people, do, how many of you, this is the first time you've ever met her face-to-face, -face, right? You know, but when we, you know, as a church, we have been supporting Jordan Ministries, I think is one of the longest, any clue how long? 30 years. Almost my whole life. Right. You, you know, but we've been planting seed. We've been planting seed. And and just like we we supported Brother Husto, we're going to support Laura and allow her to be all that God has called her to be. You know, and you can clap on that. It's a good thing. Right. Um, what I really, really like, she says, God hasn't called me to do what he called Husto to do. But to have my own trek of what I'm doing and what God is calling me to. That's what we want. We don't want carbon copies of somebody else. Don't be something you're not. Be what God has called you to be. Because when we serve the purpose of what God has called us to do, we will thrive in that. We will be all that God has called us to be, and it will bless those around us. I shared a few weeks ago that sometimes you cannot see your purpose because other people have not yet served their purpose. Everything fits together in the big picture. So you have to know that as we, you know, when we talk about you know, our mission statement, can you pull that up for me real quick? Some of you may know this mission statement. Last year, we made sure you knew the mission statement. Who knows the mission statement? Who can say it without reading it? Becky, you don't count. <laughs> take, take it down for a minute so they don't cheat. Who can say the mission statement? Stand up and, and say it if you can say it. Anybody? All right, we'll start preaching mission statement again for another year. Bringing all people, you can put it back up there, and bringing all people into a real relationship with Jesus by first and foremost knowing, growing, and going towards God's given purpose. Did you know when we support missions, that's part of the going process? There's things that we do locally, but there's other things that missionaries can do globally. 
And any time that we invest in those ministries, in those people, do you know that we have an impact in the nations? There's a lot of other missionaries, you know, Don and Sarah Reed, Open Door Enterprises, Laura, I'm going to call you Pierce for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, but, you know, missionaries that have, have went to Brazil and have went to Africa and served in Mexico and have deposited seeds. If you are a giver in this house, as a church, we commit to taking 10% of everything we bring in and we sow it into missions or outreach. That's kind of hard to do, you know, and I actually looked at our numbers last year and I, I was I kind of felt bad because we didn't hit that mark. So then I said, well, I better start telling them we try to give 10 percent. But you know why we didn't meet that mark? Because there was more giving in the house than we've ever experienced. So we were behind on our giving. So this year, our goal is to set aside the amount that we want to give and we will make ourselves spend it. But the other idea that we've had, I talked to the leadership, I talked to the ministry teams, is to take a portion of that and invest that in our own backyard, in the community, blessing not just the churched, but the unchurched. I said, so you're telling me, what about this other church that needs help, or what about this sister in the Lord? I'm not talking about those. We have benevolence, we have other resources. For that. I'm talking about money where we go to the projects, where we go to the basketball courts, we restripe them, we put nets up, we give away hot dogs, we give away food, and we are the hands and feet of God in a practical way. That's what we want. That's what's in my heart. Now, I pray that God births something specific in your heart. You say, Pastor Noe, God put something in my heart. It meets right in line with what this is, and now he calls you to be a missionary to the community. And we just funnel those resources through each of you as we all are the hands and feet of Christ. Amen. Man, we don't usually get done at 11.43. <laughs> Becky's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> Don't look at my wife. Uh, can you bring me my Bible real quick, Samuel? I, had, I have just two things that I was thinking about. Was uh, f- First and foremost, every time the disciples were called, they were called to go somewhere. They weren't called to a sinner's prayer that just stayed passively in place, and they got fire insurance so they wouldn't go to hell. There was always this pursuit of following Jesus. You know, I, I just see Jesus walking by and he says, hey, you know, follow me and, and, you know, you fish for fish, but I will make you fishers of men. And I believe Jesus just kept walking. He didn't sit there and plead with him and say, come on, guys, it's going to be worth it. He just said, hey, come and follow me. And he just kept on moving. But what was the response of the disciples? It says that they immediately dropped their nets and followed. Now, I don't know what that looks like for each of us, that following, that pursuit of, that dropping, whatever it was that, that had our focus. But I'll tell you one thing. There has to be a certain pursuit of Christ. There has to be a moving. There has to be a proactiveness in our Christian lifestyle of where we are followers of Christ, not just Christians. I can tell you right now, if I went all over Bay City and I just was polling people, hey, are you a Christian? You know what they're going to tell me? Absolutely. But if I ask you, are you a follower of Christ? What do you mean by that? I go to church on Sunday. <laughs> we have no understanding what a pursuit of following Christ actually looks like. To be the hands and feet of Christ. The going. If we think about the, the, the great commission that Jesus shared in Matthew 28, you know, he, 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 he said that he would send us. There was a going. It, wa- it wasn't just a passive thing. Let's look at Matthew 28 real quick.
So it says first that the disciples, starting in verse 16, it says, when the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So, so look, right, look what already happened. They already positioned themselves where Jesus told them to be. Sometimes we say, Lord, why am I not receiving from you? Why am I not, you know, what if they wouldn't have even went to the mountain he told them to go to? They would not have positioned themselves to even receive or him to show up or give them the next step of the plan. So we got to be where God has us. you got to be planted in a local church. I really like what she said. She said, hey, you know, you can, you can grow in your local church, but it's time to bloom. It's time to really start cultivating that fruit because once we start birthing fruit, guess what? It just doesn't nourish us, but who does it nourish? Others. But I think some of us, when that fruit leaves us, we feel like, Lord, but that was me. But he says, I've created you so that you might bless and nourish others. To be poured out, to be that poured out offering to the world. But he keeps on going. He says, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is in verse 17. And then verse 18 says, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, I want to be a church that makes disciples. I want to be a church that goes. I want to be a church that is not just concerned about the inside four walls of the church, but what is our mission outside the four walls of the church. In that mission statement, we really believe that it really solidifies every single one of these things. Because first and foremost, guys, it's important that you know Christ. If you don't know Christ, we got we, we can't. Even, I don't even want to talk about the going. I don't want to talk about the growing because you won't grow if you don't know him. But if you know him and you're planted, you should be growing. If we don't see growth, I would question, is, this, is, is the life in you? Is the word in you? Is God changing you? So we have to know, we have to grow, and we have to go. So he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. Everything that I have commanded. So we have to see here that there was a calling, there was a commissioning, there was a going. Man, I love missions. You know, I spent some time in Tennessee with Don and Sarah and start thinking about missions and you know, get excited about it. It's like, man, you know, I, yeah, but I feel like the church is at a place where I could go and the church could survive for a week. It's a good thing. Right, Pastor? No, he doesn't have to be here every Sunday for the church to thrive if each of us do our part, right? But I think I'm just passionate about those things. So when we look at, when we look at this, we have to understand that God is calling us to be fisher of men. That requires a strategy. That requires an intentionalist. However you do it. If it's throwing rats and roaches on the table, do it that way. If it's saying, hello, hey, how are you? You know, I tried to talk to a girl at the, at the gas station. I said, hey, how's your weekend going? She's like, horrible. I'm here. It's like all weekend. She goes, yes, for the last 10 days. I said, well, your paycheck's going to be good, right? And she goes, well, no. She was just super depressed. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, God bless you. I'm out. Like, I don't, you know, but trying to connect with people. You know, God loves people, so we should love people. Even the unlovable ones. As soon as I say that, you know who I'm talking about. There's somebody in your life that you see as unlovable. And you need the grace of God to love them. But why do we love them? Because God loved them. But, you know, he called them to be fisher of men. And do you know that every person you talk to will have a fisherman's story? Some of them are over-exaggerated. You know, hopefully, has, has everybody at least caught a fish once in your life in this room? Hopefully? Man, if not, we got we to 
Jim Giles, we've got to change that if you've never caught a fish. But, hey, you, you have a fishing story. Now, it may have been a little perch, and, man, that was a 12-inch, 16-inch perch. So I've never seen a perch that big, but okay, right? But we always have a fisherman's story. We always have a story. But let me tell you, this, this is what I'm going to close with. You will never catch a fish sitting at home. You will never passively catch a fish. You have to get where the fish are. You have to get that line. You have to put it in the water. You have to allow God to give you the strategy of heaven to be all things to all men so that what? We might save some. That's the commission. That's the calling. Laura, keep doing what you're doing. You got our support. Hear the voice of God. Do what he calls you. Be faithful. So she does her part, but what is our part? What is your part? You guys stand up with me. We'll get out of here. Man, we're going to show up at the restaurant saying, I'm going to know what to do. Say, man, harvest time got out early. We weren't ready for them. I just want to bless you. Thanks so much for being here, uh, for taking your time. Next week, we are going to begin our series focusing on people. Okay, so you don't want to miss it. We're going to start cranking that up. And I just really believe that God is really just going to show his, show us his heart of who we are in him, okay? You guys ready for tomorrow? Ready to conquer Monday? Yeah, we're going to the mission field. There's always opportunity if we open our eyes. Let me pray for you, bless you, and we'll get out of here. Father, I thank you for each one under the sound of my voice. Lord, I bless them today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, this last week of fasting, Father, it is going ha- to cause things to happen in the spiritual that we don't even know of yet. So, Father, I pray that you would just use us, mold us. Father, help us to be people that follow and pursue after you. Father, I pray that we wouldn't just invest in things of this world, but, God, that we would invest in things of your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would unite our hearts with yours. Father, that you would make our families godly families. Father, that you would allow our lives' testimony to shine bright in a very dark and gloomy world. Father, I thank you that we have the hope. And there's so many people in the world that need to hear it. Father, as we go from this place, take your spirit with us. Allow us to be bold and courageous as we live a life of following you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you don't know Laura, introduce yourself to her. Bless her. Tell her thank you so much for coming. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. We love you guys. See you next week. Invite somebody to come back as we start to launch that series this next week. You guys be blessed. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.